0: going on everybody welcome back to the scalp solutions podcast i am your host david santiago and today i have with me a special episode because i got two amazing artists we got juan collado out in new york and we got carlos montes from puerto rico gentlemen what is up
1: thank you for having me bro hey what's happening thank you for having me
0: Absolutely, brothers. Before we get into anything, I just want you to briefly introduce yourselves and the business that you guys are in and the companies that you represent. Let's start with you, Carlos.
1: Yeah, how you doing? So my name is Carlos Montes and I run Scalp Clinic PR. Uh, We're here in San Juan, Puerto Rico. Uh, We've been here for the last four years. Uh, So, yeah, that's it.
0: Awesome. And about you, Juan?
1: Um, Like you said, my name is Juan Collado.
2: I am uh, the lead uh, training practitioner at Jerome Hair Inc., Tangent Force in New York City. I've been doing this for about four years. And uh, Carlos and I met each other about what now? It's been almost four years since we trained together. So that's how uh, we connect right. the dots
0: awesome awesome and again thank you guys for jumping on the podcast so with this whole pandemic going on guys what you know how's business looking are you guys shut down over there in puerto rico as well carlos
1: we are we've been shut down since march uh 16th so we're almost going on two months but we've actually started to partially open up some businesses and we fall under the uh, the same as, you know, uh, barber shops and uh, tattoo artists. So we get to open up, if everything goes well, uh, the week of the 25th. So in about two and a half weeks.
0: Dude, I can't imagine how bad you wanna open up shop. I mean, you guys have been hit with this pandemic in Puerto Rico. You got earthquakes, you got hurricanes. Right. Like what right. the hell, can you get a break?
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Only in the last three years Two and a half years Yeah man
0: so let me ask you How do you think this whole Pandemic is gonna Change the the future Of the scalp micropigmentation Business
1: You know I think um, If you're I mean it's gonna affect Everybody Um, Basically you know economically And I'll be honest with you most Businesses if you weren't if you weren't ready and you weren't built on a solid foundation, I mean, you're going to have some struggles getting back up after this is all over. So it's no different with the SMP industry. I think, uh, the people who are out there still, you know, making things happen, still connecting to customers, you know, through things like this, you know, social media podcasts, I think those people are gonna, you know, uh, get back up once this whole thing is over. But, um, <laughs> You know, there's there's going to be it's going to be some struggles for a while. People are going to be hesitant to spend money and possibly on some things like this. But um, just like anything, I mean, we'll be back strong. Uh, It may take a while, but we'll be back.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you, brother. You know, we just got to keep keep that awareness, keep our heads up and march forward. And Juan, uh, how about you? In regards to this whole pandemic, how do you see the future of the scalp micropigmentation industry in respects to hygiene?
2: Wow. Well, you know, I, I come from the banking world and, and uh, when I look at hygiene, I look at the same way as audits in the sense of like, this is mandatory. This is how you should be operating a business to begin with. So from that perspective, what I mean by that is if you are already considering your business to be uh, coming in with clients who have all sorts of infectious diseases and and bloodborne pathogens, if you have that mindset already, it should be no different. It should be business as usual. Right. Absolutely. So. What I think it's going to do is going to bring more awareness to the consumer to say, wait a second, this business does not look like it's operating. Or if you are operating with these standards, it doesn't look like it's something you've done before. So I think this is an opportunity for the real to prevail. If this is something you've been practicing and doing, it's going to definitely highlight and it's definitely going to show.
0: Yeah, definitely. Of course. And, you know, it it was great to know that I was going to have the two of you guys uh, on the podcast at the same time because I've been getting some emails and one of them, you know, is, you know, some people they want to hear us talking about what some of the people, you know, some of the practitioners that are in the industry and also respected in the industry, you know, foresee the future within the industry. But then there's some other topics that I want to discuss with you guys. And I want to kind of start off with training uh training in the smp industry what are your thoughts about the training and and when i say what are your thoughts about the training um This is one of the questions that was posed was that a lot of new scalp micropigmentation practitioners are starting to pop up. How do you think that's going to be affected, especially now that this pandemic has shut so many of us down and a lot of us really want to get some of that uh, capital back? So they're going to be pumping out training. Do you think it's going to be quality training or is it going to be like that desperate need the capital training?
2: Um, you want me to tackle that one first?
0: Tough question. I'm sorry, but I got to ask. Yeah,
2: no, I'll tackle it. I'll tackle it. Um, so it goes back to this, right? If if you were giving a poor quality training, right? It was something what Carlos mentioned before, where he said the consumer is going to be very wary about spending money. And I think now more than ever the consumer is going to do their due diligence in the sense if you were giving a poor quality training, it's going to be very reflective now uh the 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 live that carlos and i did we spoke about a lot of topics that people were like wait you get what wait you do that wait that doesn't make sense i didn't get this i didn't get this before one of the things that i'm doing during this um stay at home orders is having the opportunity to collaborate and coordinate with 16 17 different artists from all over the world and 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 the writings on the wall as far as the level of training the level of support um that these individuals are receiving and it is subpar i mean carlos and i can share our own story how we got started and i think it's part of the reason why carlos has an amazing uh training setup in puerto rico and 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 why we do the same thing as well um how what are your thoughts on that carlos
1: yeah i mean um this this whole pandemic it's gonna um, it's gonna change the way a lot of people do business especially you know so- it happened. Happens before. Happened before. It's gonna happen more now. Where people they're they're trying to fill in that gap, you know, that loss of revenue. Maybe from they're not getting enough clients uh, to do for the procedure. So they're look. They're gonna look to do maybe training online or remote or start offering training because they you know there's a demand for training out there. So uh, I think we might see uh, you know some poor poor uh, training programs pop up here after we, we get going, you know, people just trying to, you know, trying to, um, you know, recover some of that lost revenue. Uh, at the same time, you're going to have again, customers who, you know, who are, you know, they're going to spend a few thousand dollars. They're, they, they're probably going to look, they're going to do their, you know, their due diligence a little more in depth and and. um, before they spend money on on a training like that so i mean it's um you know i mean this is all new this is uncharted territory for for most industries and i think uh you know it's, it's gonna be interesting to see you know you know what happens you know after we all get started
0: yeah absolutely and um you know i i wanted to bring that up not trying to ruffle any feathers i don't want anything to be taken out of context but you know when me and juan were talking offline we just realized you know we you know he's getting asked the uh the, the same the similar questions in regards to training where like you know now he's doing his mentorship and a lot of his people are telling him you know that you know they pay good money but they didn't receive the proper training where now they're out there and they're still having questions and now me with the podcast and the few people uh you know that I've come across when we're offline and we're talking about our come up and it just so happens that 90 to 95 percent are talking about training and how once they were ready to step out on their own they didn't have that confidence there because they just didn't feel like they received that adequate training. So you know that's why I posed that question uh you know to you guys because you guys you know are respected in the industry and you Guys, do have your own uh training courses as well,
2: right? Right. It, you know, it, it goes like I said. It goes back to this man. If if you had a terrible practice and habits beforehand, you're gonna try to glue in pieces together, and it's gonna the, the cracks are already there. You're starting to see it. You're starting to see the foundation break. If you didn't have the foresight already, or if you didn't have to put together a great program before. Chances are you do not know how to do it now, and it goes back to what Carlos is saying. A lot of the people were not getting clients, so what they were trying to do was make their revenue up by getting uh, um, students, right? So and 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 it and it does a nice little job at um, at social media and things of that nature. Because if if um, if you put together these courses, the revenue is great, and as well, you know, it's, it's, it makes for a great platform for you to for you to highlight.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I I want that to lead into my next question. And I want to ask, can anyone do SMP? But allow me to elaborate a little more on that question, because I came across one particular uh, SMP practitioner who was trained by someone who's respected in the industry. So now he went and did his first three uh, treatments where he ended up botching the client. So that's why I asked can anyone do SMP? Because you can't necessarily put that on the actual trainer who has the proficiency, but there just are some people that don't have that capacity to, to acquire the technique. And the skill. So with that being said, uh Carlos, how do you feel about that? Do you think that anyone can just do scalp micropigmentation whether they go to the greatest, the guru of all SMP practitioners?
1: Okay, uh short answer is no, not everybody can do SMP. Um, one thing you cannot buy, in my opinion, I mean it's gonna sound a little harsh, but it's talent right? You can, you can train with the best. You can uh, practice as much as you can. And some people just um, will, will hit a plateau at some point point. their procedures will never uh, completely look amazing, right? They, they, maybe they lack that artistic eye, you know, where they can, you know, uh, look at a bald head and, 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 you know, know what the outcome's going to be and, and, and get that artistic look so um and, and short answer is no there's gonna be some people who are always gonna struggle and and may not achieve the results uh you know top-notch results but at the same time um almost anybody can like it doesn't like you don't have to be a tattoo artist you don't have to be a barber uh to be good at smp so um so on that aspect uh look at juan Juan comes from the banking world i also come from the corporate world um, I don't, um, I w- I was not a, a barber. I was nothing when I started training and uh, I picked it up right away. And my procedures, you know, obviously it took me some time to get better, but, um, so, but you don't have to be a barber or a tattoo artist to be good. So in that aspect, um, anybody can train and possibly be good, but there's going to be some people who, uh, will likely never produce like, you know, fantastic results.
0: Yeah, harsh. great answer, great answer. Thank you. Uh, how about you, Juan? What do you think?
2: Yeah, I, I concur with Carlos. I'll I'll even add on that by saying that look, the best players are not the best coaches. So the reason why I say that it's because again, I come from the banking world, and one of the things that I did is I trained hundreds of people in different roles within the banking uh, industry, but. What my job was to do was to take complex terminologies, complex p- policies and procedures and make them that it's digestible for you, make them that I could break this down in a point where the skills not becomes transferable. Right. So you have to you have to understand what ticks people, what makes people motivated, how to leverage people's skill sets. Um, a lot of times when I see students come in, one of the things I do is I have them talk to me about their industry and then I pick up I pick apart their industry and see how we can now benefit from that in Scott micropigmentation. I would also add that, look, some of these artists that excel in, uh, in the art world don't excel in the social media or marketing themselves or vice versa. And Carlos is absolutely, absolutely right about the talent aspect. Him and I started training at the same time and we came out at the same time and he just took off. One of those was because he had that talent, that talent was there. And then you couple that with hard work, right? And that's, that's a great recipe for success. For me, for me, it was just a hard work. I didn't have the talent in the beginning. I was still learning. I was still developing it. Um, But if, if you take Great talent versus hard work, where the person who's super talented is not working as hard as Carlos. But then you take a person who has the hard work and the perseverance. That person is going to show up, and that person's going to be able to excel and outbeat the talent. That's just my personal view on it. But absolutely agree with Carlos. Not everyone can learn, especially when your mindset is not there and you're not putting your best friend, your best effort uh, forward.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I, I agree with the uh, with the two of you, and it's just something that I that I brought up, and you know. Uh, I'm by no means like trying to stir any shit but I just feel like sometimes you know certain practitioners get an unfair share when you know the the, the student goes and says oh hey you know I was trained you know by Juan and not saying that I've ever heard anyone uh, <laughs> <laughs> do that right Juan yeah, I'm just yeah, you know you just right. for, for instructional purposes only yeah. you know they say oh I was trained by Juan and it's kind of like well I know Juan and I know his capabilities uh, you know why should you know he fall on the sword because of mm. the lack of you know effort that you actually put in as a client and i just see like that's one of those things where you know people just like try to tarnish the name of the uh, the actual the, the the teacher when the reality of it is you know the student didn't put his you know his best effort forward
2: yeah. You you know, one of the things I noticed, right, we have a policy where if you're not going to come and just show up late every day. You're not going to just come like I'm going to miss the first day. Like you just take a nonchalant. Like this doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, you have to come in here, be eager, be asking all the questions. You have to be coming in like a sponge. I remember when we took our training in Canada and that was one thing that that I admired about Carlos was. His eagerness to learn, his eagerness to absorb and just have the foresight to think about questions that I was like, huh, why did you even think about that question? That's an amazing question to think about. So you're absolutely right. The student does have to show up. The student does have to put their, their best effort forward, you know, and leverage uh, that, that practitioner or that artist as much as they can. So it's, it's, a, it's really a symphony at work, right? It's, it's the practitioner or the artist who's teaching, and then it's the student who's willing to observe and learn and then put these things into practice. Um, that's why one of the things that we go into, a lot of it, is what not to do. So then you avoid uh, the bots, you avoid these mistakes.
0: Got you. and Carlos, your training, do you feel and, and if you don't you know you don't feel comfortable with this question by all means, we can move along. but like with your training, do you feel like you received the adequate amount of uh, training for you to move forward and be successful in uh s p and whether you did or didn't, how have you turned that into something positive within the training that you now offer?
1: Yeah. My first training was not the best. Um, it, it was, uh, it was, uh, you know, what I know now, um, it was not, it was not a very good training. Uh, but I was, you know, I had enough, you know, common sense and foresight to, to kind of take things slow at first. Anyways, I could have really messed up some heads, but you know, I took it slow. I took it light and, uh, I, you know, I worked my way, Uh you know, slowly to getting good. And then I realized, you know, after three or four clients, I realized, I was like, you know what, uh, maybe I should get a little more training. And, um, and I actually ended up, um, I sent one uh, went over to training, you know it uh with, with scott micro usa I don't, I don't know if it's okay to say the name but yeah no, it's not yeah, not. yeah
0: no it's fine absolutely I, you
1: know because I, I, you know, uh you know Juan struggled a little bit more than i did and uh he you know he was really pleased with that training and then i decided to go up there and but by the point i got to that second training with matt i, I had already done uh probably a good 20 clients or more so, um, so, you know, I just, you know, I think I did good with what, what it was given to me, but, um, you know, that that's probably, that's probably a, a unique case. What do you think, Juan, with, with, the, with the Canada training? Listen,
2: real quick, David, if you could do me a favor, if you could put a bling when, when Carlos said, take it slowly,
0: because I'm going gi- to, I'm going to do this even
2: better. The, the perfect, perfect. Because I I told Carlo this that they were doing the live and I, um, I don't believe in scarcity, right? There's more than enough people who need this treatment, and need this service. So I I shout out everyone I can. I say, look, take, pay attention to this person because this person does an amazing job at marketing yourself. Pay attention to this person because this person does that. Follow this person because this person does amazing work, right? We can all learn from each other. But the person that's a big, huge theme around, around our course is Carlos because I felt like he really came along and had a plan and a process in place and didn't get ahead of himself. There's a lot of people who come in and say, I want to be the next blank, fill in the blank, the next so-and-so. But, you know, when we took our our training in Canada, the structure was there, but as far as the techniques, the process, the the procedures, the Mm -hmm. the tools we needed, they were not there. They were far from there. In in fact, one of my biggest pet peeves is when people coin a masterclass. There's no such thing as a one, two, three, four, five-day master. I don't even care if you put it, a 10-day masterclass. This is something like, like Carlos said. When I had the opportunity and the pleasure to to meeting uh, Matt Ayulo, who um, did my consultation uh, back in, you know, almost seven years ago, um, and then to know that he was going to help me and guide me when I came back, that really solidified a lot of things for me, you know, and then even after that. Um, I got the opportunity to meet Jonathan and Eric when I took a master course with them. So as you can see, we're still kind of, here's, here's the craziest thing. I I had the pleasure of doing a, together with Jurever Inc a master course with Brandwood clinic. And I could tell we were bouncing off ideas off each other and things that you could pick up. Cause the reality is I haven't, I haven't seen Carlos work and maybe well, since we took the training, I've seen his videos and stuff like that, but not in person, but I guarantee you I spend a day with Carlos and I'm going to pick, four, five, six, seven different things that I'm like, wow, that's cool. Wow, that's cool. So you have to continue to learn from other people. That's the only way you're going to excel. Even if it's just one component, that one component could be the difference between you being unsuccessful or you becoming you know, the most successful person within the industry.
0: Yeah, definitely. You know, you bring up an interesting point about being able to learn from one another. You know, that being said, you, you see or, or hear sometimes that, you know, SMP is a cookie cutter technique. You know, how do you feel about that, Carlos? Do you think that there is just one specific technique that should be utilized for scalp micropigmentation? Or should we actually be embracing the fact that we are artists and, you know, whatever style works for us and what our clients, our clientele demands, that's what we should stick with?
1: Absolutely not. I think almost every single artist has his... um, his signature treatment. It's almost, I swear to God, for me, it's, it's almost like a, like a fingerprint. I mean, you can show me, I study a lot of artists, uh, that I see, you know, on Facebook and social media, and I'm telling you, I can recognize somebody's work without, you know, if, 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 you know, I, it happens a lot with, you know, with people who steal pictures, right. Um, you, you go somewhere and you see somebody post pictures and you say, you know what, I've seen that picture that looks like so-and-so's work. And then you go and look and he's like, ah, oh, there you go. You know, that art is just, it's, it's, you know, so I think it's not cookie cutter. I think everybody develops their own style. Obviously there's, there's, a, you know, the real talented people out there can pretty much, uh, can do any style of SMP. But it's um, it's definitely not cookie cutter. Each has their own technique. Some people uh, you can tell that work a little slower and uh, maybe a different needle size. Uh, some people would like to work fast and then, then uh, switch, you know, uh, use a different needle for the hairline and they use a bigger needle for the rest of the head. You know, but you, can, you know, it's definitely not a cookie cutter uh, business.
0: Excellent. And, and how about you, Juan? What's your, in, uh, what's your input on that?
2: I just, listen, I agree 1000%. I mean, when, when we did the live with Carlos, Carlos blew my mind when he said, uh, I, I think when you said Carlos, about 70% of, of your clients are done with a 0. 0.20 diameter.
1: Yeah. yeah, so, I so.
2: so for me, I use the 0.20s. I use the 0.25s. I use the 0. 0.30. It, one of my biggest uh, um, things that I struggle with is when people tell me, well, I, I use a pigment that's a light, medium and a dark. And I'm like, that's kind of like you're just putting everyone in a box, you know? Yeah. So it's it's the same kind of thing. I think the more creative you can get, I tell people this, the people who you consider the best, the most prominent in this industry are because they took risk. And I agree with Carlos. I think not enough people are doing that where they're going in and they're studying people's work because I could do the same thing. I could pick, you could show me somebody's work and I'll tell you this is this, this is so-and-so, this is this, this is so-and-so. Because like you said, I, I think. Another another one where you have to put the clap is when Carlos said the whole uh, with someone's fingerprint, because I agree. You can see it. You can yeah, see it a mile absolutely. away.
0: Absolutely. I love that analogy, by the way. So you can have your own style and that's what's going to get you your business. So we shouldn't be frowning upon other artists because they've developed their own style and are innovating and, and cultivating their own path so that's pretty much what we're coming to an agreement with because i i agree with the both of you guys i i feel the same we we're artists we're you know artists subjective. if the client likes it and demands it then that's what we give them yeah except for botched jobs
1: <laughs> right. yeah, speaking
0: of speaking of botched jobs carlos do you have have you come across clients that show you pictures of these ridiculously dense botched jobs and tell you, Hey man, can you perform this on me?
1: You know, I don't, um, I get the opposite. I get people, you know, who are like, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm really interested, but then I saw this job and I definitely don't want it to look like this. I get a lot of the opposite. (laughs) Um, it's just, uh, it's one of those things, man. It's, uh, it's, it's. I think we all see. We we're seeing a lot of bus jobs out there, man. Just a lot.
0: Yeah, you know, and now that you now that you say that, like I I ask you that because I've had a couple here um in New York, Juan. I don't know if you've had, but you know, some of mm-hmm. these guys just want these really significantly dense and dark procedures. But I've also come across you know several consultations where that's the first thing that starts popping up now when you look at scalp micropigmentation. So it's like you know the botched jobs are trumping the uh the the, the mm-hmm. good the professional work. So it's kind of like a fear because it's going to be like, this is the direct association that people are going to get when, you know, they look up the, the, the procedures. Um, what about you out in, you know, down in the city, do you get guys that want these significantly dense and, and dark treatments?
2: No, no, I'm I'm with Carlos where I, where I get a lot of, I don't want this, you know? And then I'm like, well, do you, have you seen any treatment that we've done that looks like that? And they're like, no, no, no. But I understand it's the fear. Right. But I guess, I guess I, I again, I come back from, from my days of banking and my days of sales. Right. And it's like a happy, a happy client, right? A client who's really happy might tell one or two people. And a person who had a terrible treatment is going to tell 10 people. That's just usually on average the statistics of how things happen. But at that same with that same breath, I would tell you that what it is is a lot of times these people are uneducated uh, or un or misinformed as far as what a proper procedure looks like. So, you know, they, they go around thinking, well, this looks good, or hey, you know what? I was bald and I had nothing. I'd rather have something that looks like something. Um, and then when they see someone like they see someone like Carlos's work, right? They go, Oh, wait, this looks completely different. So I, I think a lot of times that's probably what's happening. Plus, you know what it is, bro? You live in the hills, so in the hills is a little different.
0: <laughs> I was about to say, is it because I live like in the campo of New York? Yeah, you know that they're exactly. coming in and like, hey man, I like I've legit get dudes that when they show me the pictures, I I look at them and I tell them I was like, that's not even scalp micropigmentation. That's Beijing. That's like hair fibers. That's significantly dark. Like if I did this to you, you'd be really upset and trying to sue me in like two months down right. the line
2: right yeah. yeah
0: i guess that's what it is i got the different breed of new yorkers no, man you,
2: you know what but thinking true. thinking now I, it's true you do get some people who do come sometimes with certain pictures and then you got to break it down why this treatment doesn't look uh up to par and you know and you break it down and again once you inform them and you explain them i am like oh, okay like a light bulb goes off oh that makes total sense i don't know why i never thought about that
0: yeah. And, you know, keeping on the, the, the subject of botched jobs, Carlos, have you ever had or are you able to or do you even accept clients that, that have um, botched work and have you developed like a technique where you can blend it in and, and still make it look like a professional good piece of work?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've actually fixed a lot of, uh, you know, botched jobs uh, that can be fixed without laser. I will evaluate. I will ask as many questions as I can, you know, try to find out where they had it done uh, just to try to determine, you know, what pigments were used. Um, And things like that and how long it has been since they had it, you know, if it's been a while and uh, You know, it's not that bad Then I will step in and I will blend it out and I will and I will fix it but obviously if if I Perceive any, you know any risk or if I feel uneasy about, you know, maybe uh, This is gonna get worse over time or this, you know, this pigment might turn uh, green or bluish then I will recommend, you know full removal uh, either through laser, uh, if it's if it's not too large of an area, then it can be done with you know something like undo. Um, but yeah, I, I fixed both. You know where you know where's um, I don't require removal, and then when I do require removal,
0: Gotcha. And do you find yourself <laughs> that it's taking you longer to when you're when you're working over and around a, a botched job than your normal like fresh canvas scalp?
1: um maybe not longer but i do adjust. um i'll probably end up going a little bit darker than i normally would just to blend out because normally when you get a bot job it's it's you know it's a very solid black you know dots that they put on somebody's head so you have to go a little darker than you might be comfortable with to blend that out and then maybe also use uh you know a bigger needle size but um you definitely have to make sure that it's, um, that it's fixable and that you can blend it in before you actually go in and try to do it.
0: Got you. Have, have you, have you ever thought of, um, incorporating something like laser, um, or even, uh, undo, which I've seen is one of these, uh, these new things that, uh, Safe Set Key has actually, uh, been promoting. Are you thinking of implementing something like that as a, as a service in your, uh, in your facility? I
1: actually, I, I do the undo. I, um. I'm probably the, I think I'm the only one in Puerto Rico who does the undo removal, which is actually great for SMP. I mean, laser, uh, yes, you can get a laser, you can, um, but you know, but those are you know they're a lot more expensive, and you know I believe in, and um, you know if, if you're gonna do something, you you better be you know become a complete professional and excel at what you're doing, and just as far as laser, I you know there's so many uh, good laser uh, people out there that you know I. You know, if i'm going to recommend laser i'll send somebody who who does this for a living and and uh, does a good job because there's risks with laser uh the undo is great for us because it's more for like a smaller area um so if if you get somebody who comes in with a few blowouts and you know maybe an area that doesn't look so good the undo is perfect and i i do that
0: awesome that's excellent yeah i gotta look into that myself um juan how about you how do you feel on taking uh botch jobs and and repairing them
2: um, a lot of the same things that Carlos said, you're going to go usually with a bigger needle size, you're going to go darker, you know, if the consultation is key, you'll break down what it is um, that these people want to achieve. And the laser, like Carlos said, is much more painful. I'm actually looking through this on-do thing. This looks pretty cool. And I'll chop it up with Carlos about that later. Um, but um, but to be honest with you, I, I think I've seen, at least in New York City, I'm seeing a decline in uh, botched jobs. Maybe because the competition is so much more fierce in New York City, you know we have a lot of um, highly reputable uh, uh, practitioners around. Um, but you still see two or three. But when they do come in, it's it's terrible. Or at least what what's happening now is maybe they only got one procedure and then they're coming in, um, so you you're able to to kind of make a better adjustment. Uh, but time frame wise, if anything, you're you're doing less is more in these in these occasions. Um, and then usually sometimes we do recommend them for them to get laser depending on it. And and like Carlos said, not everyone um, handles the laser well. So if there's other other methods out there that we can leverage that can help a lot of people that are that are in potentially in this predicament.
0: Yeah. You know, I was getting such an influx with uh, botched jobs that I was actually like, you know what? I'm going to go and get training for laser because, you know, I'm, I'm going to be able to, you know, capitalize off this some way. And I hate to even just put it like that. But you know, like still like, you know, let them come in and me still be able to provide them some value. But even that is an industry that, you know, some people, you know, from what I hear, is just anyone can go into. And there's so many people being burnt by these lasers that they now put these um very strict rules and regulations. And now in New York, you have to be under a medical competent authority, which is a doctor that oversees you um you know, for this. And for me, what I ended up having to do was I I started gravitating towards doing the cranial prosthesis, the the hair systems. So like guys were like, I'm not going to do laser. I don't want to do anything. I would offer them like the salt and saline because I learned that. And dudes were just like, nope, you know what? Put a hair system on me and that's what I'm going to rock with. So it's just crazy. Like you, it was starting to pick up, you know, all this uh, botched work. Mm. Uh, so, so talk, talk to me about the tools of the trade what, what, what tools are you currently using what's your go to uh, what's your go to weapon brother
2: Carlos you want to you
0: tackle this one first yeah let's hear Carlos first oh,
2: did we lose Carlos if anything, I'll, he I'll, took a I'll coffee break he'll come in um,
0: oh he did he's, use, yeah he's not in the thing so what do you, what do you use Juan what, what are you the tools like
2: I use the Apollo from a uh, micro bureau. That's, that's my little baby here. I call it la rubia because it's gold. <laughs>
0: hey, what what about that? What, <laughs> that's a good one. What about that tool does it for you?
2: <clears throat> well, I, I tell people, I tell people that for me, this is the combination of if you have a micro, uh, like a micro bureau, a PMU pen, um, in conjunction with, let's say, if you took a Cheyenne, right? If you took like a Nova Soul or Cheyenne Hawk or fill in the blank, any of those Cheyenne's machines, you got something where stronger voltage, but something that's precise, more controllable, like a Nova Contour or E-Curie.
0: Okay, I, Carlos, I'm sorry about that. Carlos was on and I think then he disappeared again.
2: Okay, I'll, I'll, you could keep on. And yeah, yeah we'll keep
0: right. going on. All right, so, okay, so how about... Uh, what what needles are you using? Do you have a go to, or do you find yourself, you know, toggling through different needles throughout your uh, throughout yeah. your so, treatment?
2: So for 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 me, I'm I'm looking at what is my overall goal, right? What is the client's goals? What do they want to achieve within this treatment? And then do we share right once we once we come to a commonality as far as uh achieving uh, the vision that they have that we have together, right? Cause it's a collaboration effort. Um, from that standpoint, then I, I might mix and match needles, anything from Cheyenne's to FYTs to, um, micro bureau to big wasp, right? Depending what it is I'm trying to achieve and then different dimensions, anywhere from 0.20 to 0.25 to 0.30, depending again, what are we doing? What's the outcome? What's the goal? And, um, you know at jugular ink we use our own pigment so that i'm also mixing different shades depending if i'm let's say going into the frontal zone which i consider the hairline and then the zone part 1a which we consider the, the the side profile so if i'm going into those areas maybe i do something a little lighter if i'm doing some blending it all depends on what it is that we're trying to achieve am i doing a scar camouflage am i doing the crown area am i doing the the, the nape or the neck the neck area or the beard for example all those things will require me to to put together a plan and then execute on that plan.
0: You know, when you bring up all the the, the several needles that you use, I I vividly (laughs) remember asking you this when uh, you were giving me my master's training and you, when you started telling me like the different needles you can use and all this, and I was just staring into space, like what the fuck? Like I thought this was only, I thought I was only supposed to use this one needle, you know, again, going back to the whole, that, that whole cookie cutter, like, no, this is the way yeah. you do it and that's that. And you know, you, you, you briefed me up, brought me up to speed on all the different needles and everything that I could use. And even throughout the time, we would talk to each other every now and then and you'd be like yo dave have you tried this needle man it's great (laughs) so i would be like you know what i don't even want to bring up that conversation with him because it (laughs) would it would throw it wouldn't throw my flow off in a in a bad way but it'd be like "Fuck, juan just said there's a new needle out and it's crazy good so it's like "Bow, here i go drop another hundred dollars on needles just to make sure that they're good so it was like let me not have this conversation with juan i got a drawer filled with needles
2: <laughs> i know what you mean i know what you mean but to me you know the way i see
1: it is guys i'm back just in case yeah, i look I lost at it my like
0: internet a, like a,
2: like uh, a carpenter, right? Uh, or even an artist for that matter, right? Even more practical. Really? Like, who's joining on the canvas? We got
0: you, through. Carlos. Welcome back, yeah, brother. Welcome back. Sorry Ooh, about that.
2: Back. So we, we, we're looking at it from an artist who's painting on a canvas. They're using multiple brushes. They're using multiple paints, right? They might even use different type of paints from acrylic to water paints. They're going to go all over the place, different canvas sizes, um, different techniques. So it's the same, same, same kind of thing here. You know, even to even... Even now if I'm doing a scar there sometimes, depending on the scar and how the person's hair falls, not I'm not hearing anything. Really can you just hear me? Function with so it all it all depends. What is the outcome? What is the goal?
0: Yes, Carlos, we can hear you. Sorry about that, Juan.
2: No, you're good, brother. I want to hear Carlos' perspectives. I'm gonna sit back. Yeah, just, I wanna I wanna ask him the same thing. So so Carlos, one of the things we wanted to know was um what is your goal to um equipment that you use and i was sharing that my go-to equipment is the apollo by micro bureau
0: he's i hear him typing i, I guess he can't hear us yeah yes we are i'm typing to him we can hear you typing, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, can hear you typing. I, I can hear you now david uh, well can I,
0: i hear we can we can hear you typing which is so ironic because you sound like one of those like dudes that are like super like type really hard but yet you're so smooth when it comes to doing the smp so (laughs) it's like
1: it's like you you know what it is i I can can hear you i can't hear juan for some reason
2: can you hear me now
0: you say you can't hear juan
1: no i can hear you fine don't you know what
0: don't worry about it because juan was just talking about how he created his own special pigment that nobody on the planet (laughs) earth has and that he's the only one so he's talking he's talking crazy shit now carlos so (laughs) so check it out carlos this is what i asked Juan. i asked him you know what was his what is his tools what is his setup like what is it that you're using
1: all right yeah i've been using the uh the apollo smp uh from microview um before that i was using the cheyenne uh, hawk pen uh both are fantastic tools i like the i like the apollo because it's light and it doesn't vibrate very much and it's um it's good for my hand. I was having hand issues there for a while when I was doing, uh, you know, three procedures a day and, um, I was starting to get, I don't know if you ever heard of trigger finger, uh, where you're, you know, when you close your fist, you know, your trigger finger gets stuck to your hand and you got to pry it open. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Once I switched to a smoother machine with less vibration, um, it got a lot better. So that's what I'm using as far as machine. I used, um, for needles i've tried almost every single needle that i can think of if i see the right size i buy it but i use mostly the derma gear uh, uh 0.20 needle which are they're actually built by fyt but uh, that's the, the needle that i use the most and i've been using i've been trying the bishop lately those are good needles as well
0: so you said the point the point two needle you said the 0.20? yeah, the
1: 0603 so I'm a three pointer type of guy. I've never used a single needle. So, uh, but I mostly do the zero six zero three, which is point two zero millimeter. Got and, you. And, uh, yeah.
0: Do you find yourself <laughs> cycling through different needles as you're going uh, on on with the uh, the procedure, or it all depends on the client?
1: No, no, no. Like I, I mostly use just the the point. You know, the zero six. Uh, If I notice that the client, for example, has, you know, really thick skin or if I'm doing a density job, then I may go um, with a bigger needle, you know, a 0.25 and as high as a 0.30. So
0: got you. Got you. I think we lost Juan and he's coming back in. Juan, can you hear us?
2: yes but i couldn't hear carlos so now i can hear both of you guys
0: that's fine bro he was saying real stuff he's not like you saying that you created uh, (laughs) a machine that nobody has from korea manufacturers crazy shit like that man um (laughs) so check this out guys i'm gonna ask uh before we wrap it up so i'm gonna ask you guys both uh advice so let me just come back in real quick all right juan before we go is Do you have any advice for anyone looking to get into the scalp micropigmentation industry?
2: Yes, I would tell you that there are some amazing, amazing artists out there and do your homework, do your research, find out what the comprehensive plan is that they have for you. Shouldn't just be coming for four or five days. There should be like a real program put together for you. Um, There should be some kind of support um slash mentorship along the lines and you really want to go with someone that you really feel like that person is invested in you and and has your success at top of mind top of heart um you have to find someone that you could vibe with and if you feel that connection right that person's like if you ask someone you know one thing that i love about carlos you hit him up he doesn't know who you are and you ask him a question he'll touch base with you, you know? So if you can't even get that, that kind of perspective before you pay, chances are, if you paid, in my opinion, you probably, it's not gonna go too much in depth after that.
0: Got you. How about you, Carlos? What advice would you give to anyone looking to get into the scalp micropigmentation industry?
1: Man, uh, Juan nailed it when he said support. Uh, the, the most important thing here uh, there is a few, uh, high quality trainings out there, but they will mean nothing if you don't have the support, uh, behind it. And once you get going, you really need to have somebody there who is going to mentor you, who's going to answer your questions on the fly. Uh, cause I promise you, I mean, the, the, the longest SMP training that I know of is probably five days. Um, it's it, it they're gonna give you the right tools and they're gonna tell you you know they're gonna prepare you to get started but i mean that's probably 25 percent of what you need to become a great artist right the next 75 percent is gonna be up to you and you're gonna need somebody who's gonna help you out you know once you get going so obviously do your research pick somebody who's um who's knowledgeable who's who, you know, who's out there, who people know, who puts out a lot of material, uh, a lot of videos, um, you know, that's been around for a while. And then somebody who's gonna, you know, who's gonna be there for you, you know, in those next three, six months, uh, or at least three months, you know, three months once you get those first, you know, 20, 25 clients that, you know, that you may not be so sure, you know, how, how to approach, you know, you can take some pictures and be like, "Hey, man, can you help me out?" And, and you know, uh, suggestions, anything like that. So, support's key.
0: Excellent, great advice, gentlemen. Thank you. And before we wrap things up, Carlos, can you just let everyone know where they can find you—Instagram, Facebook, website—and once he's done, Juan, can you please follow up?
1: Yes, sir. Absolutely, absolutely, man. Uh, I'm on Instagram, uh, Scalp Clinic PR uh same as facebook and also our website is the same thing scout clinic uh, .com. uh so you can you know send me if you want to get a hold of me i answer almost everybody's questions i get a lot of questions hey what needle you using what pigment uh i tell everybody i don't mind uh so feel free to inbox me any questions anything awesome and once
2: and uh, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook, however, perfectly just go straight to Instagram. I am terrible when it comes to Facebook, but I answer all my DMs, sometimes a little too much. Um, but a similar to Carlos, feel free to DM me with any kind of questions. Um, I'm not one of those that are going to shy away from from just collaborating, connecting people. But Juan, J-U-A-N-G, Collado, double L A D O, and that's at Instagram and Facebook
0: excellent and if you want some good advice from juan just know he enjoys a really good cigar so you can bribe him with that carlos i don't know what he likes but once i find out i'm gonna be sending it over there to puerto rico so i can get some questions golf, in. Got golf. <laughs> Listen, i got you i got to around the golf as a rap. he'll
2: probably jones with you all day oh god listen yeah,
0: yeah. i i'm, I'm about uh, to yeah. i'm just about to start that one too so soon soon i'll let you whip my butt <laughs> nice alright so gentlemen once again thank you for coming on the episode dropping some knowledge and wisdom greatly appreciate it hopefully we can do another follow up a few weeks down the line but again thank you I appreciate you guys
2: thank you for having
1: us yeah it was my pleasure man
0: absolutely thank you alright guys that's gonna wrap it up for today's episode of the Scalp Solutions Podcast until the next time peace Thank you